welcome to the GWN Co. Collaborative Conversations podcast, where our focus is on the world of business and individuals driving its success. As a specialist creative change consultancy, we cater to makers, engineers, and financiers, aligning strategy, brand, and culture. With our transformative process, we unite teams and experts around a shared purpose that nurtures belonging, alignment, and growth. This series aims to spotlight ongoing transformations. Change, even subtle, can lead to profound shifts in culture, technology, or customer behavior. Identifying these changes early and staying informed empowers you to position yourself strategically and respond effectively. In our briefings, GW and Co. experts discuss observed changes, their implications, and actionable steps to take. Good morning and welcome to Collaborative Conversations. Um, today, I have Dieter Bachmann, Head of Software Development at Identex Solutions. I have Lindsay Kast, Head of Design at GW & Co. Good morning to both of you. Morning. So, Dieter, would you like to kind of give us a, a, a little bit of a snapshot of your background about what's brought you to the industry today? Uh, to the industry today? I mean, I, I always worked in technology i i you know i can play any instrument and i can draw so so i'm i'm an engineer by heart and basically studied computer science and then and then after that worked in research and that was actually one interesting thing when when lindsay and i i i spoke you know i had a sort of a breakout project when i've been working in research flash 5 was just out and they wanted to do some online games so they had they had the, the, the designers the graphics know-how and but flash 5 was actually or offered an object-oriented programming environment and so so it was an interesting experience you know from the from you know coming from the computer science side and you know working working with with creative people and and you know we did we did quite a few a few online games uh, together and i i really enjoyed that Excellent. Lindsay, a couple of words of uh, introduction from your good self. Well, I um, the overlap that I have with Dieter is uh, Flash 5 as well. And unfortunately, Dieter, the, this is showing both our age because today <laughs> uh, a very much an extinct uh, uh, way of doing things. But I came at it from the design and brand end. So um, I also ended up developing games, but it it, for me, it came out of a need for turning visual designs and, and giving them life and movement, and, and that was the tool available. Um, so my background is uh, interactive design and brand design, and then, of course, that got into um, designing for software and games, and uh, that's where, I'm at, where, where I am today. So that's a kind of nice link because that kind of takes us onto kind of because obviously times have changed, you know, back then when you were both doing Flash, that was the leading edge. And, you know, Dieter, you were even actually at the edges of your early Flash gaming and stuff, which was, the, you know, the really early pioneering days. But today life has changed a bit. So how do you meet users' expectations today? So Dieter, I'll put that to you first, because it's obviously you have a number of employees, partners that are, I guess, technically your customers. So how, how, how do you actually meet the expectations? Music on how have they changed? I mean, first of all, how did have they changed? And that is, I mean, still back at university, I remember you know, we learned things like, well, if 
your customers don't like your user interfaces, ask them to use them for two weeks and then come back because within these two weeks, they most likely got used to it. You know, and then, then, you, then you had these times where, you know, you know professional systems you know, uh, don't need to look good. You know, that's not needed to have nice looking user interfaces because it's a professional system. And then I think things changed with mobile phones. You know, where, where actually not really mobile phones, more, more smartphones, where people ultimately got very good user interfaces into, into their hands. And they, they, I think they're just not willing to accept bad user interfaces any longer. And I think that is what's the big change that we've been seeing. And that is the point when it's important to start working in cross-functional teams and bring people with design experience you know, into the teams and, 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 and work together. Yeah. So, Lindsay, would you share that? Because that, that's, I mean, obviously what Dieter said was slightly leaning into the, the, the industrial side because that's, that's Dieter's you know, world. So I accept the point that you know, in the early days, your industrial interfaces were very functional um, but now, obviously, there's a higher demand for your ease of use. How have you seen that that in the consumer market, Lindsay? Well, I do, yeah, I I would agree with what what Dieter is saying. I think if we look way back, um, the the early early days of digital, it was the wild west, and I think one yeah, I agree with Dieter that that there was an expectation that users would figure it out if you built something, and. I can speak for myself. We used to design things deliberately to be innovative. You know, we want to do things different. And um, going back to Flash, you know, it gave you the power to just do ridiculous interfaces. And this was before people, I think, really valued user experience. And what's happened is people are now living their lives online. That has started to set some conventions. And now if you're a designer, and you break those conventions, you do that at your own peril. You know, if you're designing a house, you make it obvious that people where the front door is so people can walk in. Gone are the days where we can hide that front door, you know, up on the roof and hope that people will climb up, climb up and find it. It's it's just not the case now. And in commercial uh software, I think the the learnings and the the kind of standards that are being set in consumer level software is now being demanded by commercial software. You know, the expectation has been set. And now when we're designing things for um, for business applications, they need to have the same level of ease of use and usability as as consumer-focused stuff. So, so Dieter, are you seeing this level of um, demand for an improved interface you know, in the you know, industrial and the, the, the product sector? Because, uh, again, as you said earlier, sometimes, you know, you were just given a tool. Is, is this changing within business as well? Uh, it, it does. I mean, yes, you can still get away with a few things. But ultimately, these days, people are just expecting that user interfaces are intuitive, functional, and people just don't, don't accept it any longer. You know, it's, it's really, uh, why, why are you giving me a user interface like that? But, but what customers actually want is very specific applications solving their individual problems. And that directly goes into the user interface design because when you, I mean, when you have a specific problem, then you need a user interface that allows you to solve that, if, that specific problem very, very efficiently. And I, I think you've touched on something um, really fundamental there is 
the idea of what speaking from my side what good design is has changed so when i coming at things from a visual design background good design meant it was new and unusual and bright and vibrant and now good we've come to understand good design is a design that helps the user achieve their goal anything else that gets in the way is in fact bad design so, Dieter, you need a healthy respect within the team, and designers need to understand that their decisions have impact. So, where 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 do you draw the line? Because obviously, one of your team could spend, you know, a week, a month, you know, six months developing an interface. Where how do you measure the value of the time spent on the interface over and above just putting putting a button on screen? Yeah, interesting question. I have to say, there is no there is no no single answer for that, uh, but. I personally don't take this decision. I think working agile using Scrum, this decision is taken by the product owners. Now, they have to optimize the time invested for the outcome. And, and you know, if in this specific use case, in this specific area, the, the, the need is to have a perfectly optimized user interface, then it might be that it's enormous amount of time that we invest in a user interface. If the system that we're delivering is almost headless and the user interface is just used by our own people to administer the system every now and then, then hopefully the time invested in the user interface is not is not so high. But ultimately it's it's a decision of the team, yeah. But also in your answer, you kind of alluded to that it was it was kind of about function as well, because you know something that you know it, it is critical to your consumer that actually the importance of the interface defines how long you should really spend time on it. Yes, also how often we can reuse it. You know, certain certain things are used in in different industries and so on. Well, well, actually, that that gives us a great segue about talking about reusing parts yeah. because th this is something that has been, um, I guess, more common in recent years. Because before, you everything was a custom build, and yeah. when you were finished with it, you threw it away, and that because there's nothing useful in that because it's all old, and we all want new, new, new. Yeah. But now. What, what what is the value in in, in standardizing of components? Because I know this this was a project yeah. that touches on the kind of project that you've worked with with Lindsay. So yeah. what was the problem that was being solved? Or the, you yeah, the, the problem that we have is when you look at that Identic as a as as a company, then we are active in four different industries. It's en energy. It, it's the, the industry, so car manufacturing sector. It's the maritime industry. Uh, uh, that we are active and we are also active in the in the mining and tile building industry. So if we would develop solutions only specifically for one industry and don't have anything that's that's reusable, we would need a, a huge development team. You know, you can you can double triple it most likely. So our main goal is to have things that are reusable. So then that, that, that sets up nicely as a challenge. Four different industries. Yeah. You know, the client Dieter doesn't want to invest in another huge teams for creating multiple interfaces for multiple markets around the world. How did you approach this solution? How we approached it, I think, is just an example of how. Um, the industry has changed and how everyone needs to approach these things if they want to be successful. So the way we worked with Identic was we said, let's design the system. Um, let's de 
design the principles um, and the building blocks from which these applications can be can be designed and developed and built. Uh, so when we're working on these kind of projects, we are only trying to design, I guess, the visual building blocks um, rather than the templates of the eventual applications. The templates we touch because that's how we test the design principles. But really what we're trying to do is build a visual language that um, meets the need that we know is going to meet the needs of users, but then also um, gives Dita and his team this sort of um, this look and feel that they can own, this very identic um, solution. So once they develop their applications and keep building them, they know that they are still going to be uh, very harmonious with um, the other brand material from Identic. What's very interesting about Identic is a lot of these interfaces you're building, people aren't going to use you know, on their nice, comfortable iPhone while sitting in the sofa or on their laptop while sitting in the... They might be down a mine. They might be 200 feet up somewhere. They might be on the side of a dock. So can you tell us a little bit more about the the, the interfaces where they built? And sometimes I think they end up on unique hardware as well, don't they? There is there is definitely an interesting aspect. I remember years ago with a client, we've designed... Uh, actually, we had a, a, a solution for monitoring refrigerated containers. And and we've been working on a uh, on, on a handheld for them. And actually, um, I, I discussed the normal user interface with them, and they asked about the handheld and said, "Well, it's going to be basically a shrink down version of 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 what you see on the normal user interface." <laughs> and they said, "But yeah, you know, please keep in mind we are wearing gloves, <laughs> so please keep in mind that you have to have buttons that 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 are accessible with with gloves." So I think that is that is a bit this this harsh environment and and you know uh, um, high contrast things or 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 dark modes because when you are. For instance, in the mine, in the control room, most likely it's dark. If you ha don't have a dark mode, then you know it's it's hurting your eyes and and stuff like that. But one one thing I wanted to add when when you said what you said earlier, Lindsay, you said you know it's the standard elements that you that you always had. When I got the first, the, you know, the first the first results that, that 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 you shared, I've been really impressed with the with the icon set. I didn't expect that, you know, and and it really mm -hmm. it really surprised me and and and. It, and it's the thing that that not only me but the whole the whole company loves most almost about about this this new design. That's the surprising element in here where where it's so nice that that you know when 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 creativity hits, yeah. You know, and I think that 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 was really really impressive. I'm so glad you mentioned um, mentioned the symbols. I think that's it's a really nice example of not forgetting. To, to do something that does add a bit of delight and a bit of distinctiveness and creativity to the final output. There is a there is a danger for designers and 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 people building these products that one usability becomes synonymous with boring, because we've seen it before, and that you always take the easy path. It was really interesting that this partnership you know, it, it was quite a unique thing. The collaboration process, I think, unlocked the insight because obviously we couldn't send Lindsay down a mine. You know, Lindsay's a designer. He doesn't, you know, <laughs> go down mines in Mexico or as far as I know. But you had a very specific user base. So do you see other people in the industry using this type of approach, Dieter? Do you think, do you think other industries delve to this uh, 
level of um, insight and uh, uh, kind of quality? I don't think so. I think we are we are, we are sticking out with uh, with that. Um, actually, several years ago, we, we we launched a new product at the at the trade show in in London. And and back then that was in the times when you know Windows 10 and these these tiles yeah, have been have been brand new. And actually we used we we just used that and you know people came and said, Oh, what a nice user interface. So so the industry is still very slow changing. Currently everybody's eager to to see the the, the results in, in the products and everybody loves the new the new logo, the new corporate design, the story behind and all these things. And now it's really this additional step, this taking this one level further and 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 having basically our user interfaces trans, transferring the same message. That's great because um, it because it sounds like in industry, the demand for the quality of the interface and experience is being driven by uh, the users mainly, because your comment about how maybe your industry or industries maybe aren't as uh, advanced, your comments about Windows 10. Uh, yeah. Industry isn't so advanced. I mean, it's always, I mean, exchanging systems is always a big big investment people use the systems for at least 10 years or up to 10 years or around 10 years so so even even users get get these you know changes or improvements rather rather slow it's a bit like when you work in a in a in, in a company that doesn't have the budget to 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 update you to the newest version of a certain software you know and 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 it feels a bit as if everything is or all the other people are passing left and right and you are you you're left behind that's that's a bit what happens in the in 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 some of these industries and that's why when you when you have the opportunity to have an upgrade project or a new rollout i think it's 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 extremely important then to stick out so to give the people something that's really then state of the art and yeah. what do you think are the biggest challenges going forward for um identex solutions with their with their uh, interfaces and technology because we're at a kind of yeah. interesting intersection yeah. of the i mean i mean in in general i think when you know when it comes when i look at identex i think the the the, the challenge is, is you know how do you how do you they, you know, basically technology leader. How do you, you know, how do you, how do you stay ahead of of, of competition? And I mean, we at Identic, we have we have special circumstances that you know we really have from the electronics design, you know, hardware development, um, embedded software solution development, and all the things in house. And that actually allows us to do a lot of things in a in 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 a quite different and quite optimal way. But you know, finding the right balance, you know, and and like what you said earlier, Lindsay, regarding regarding putting the right people together to take the right decisions. I think that's our that's our daily daily challenge. And and when we do that right, you know, we we, we can create exceptional solutions and you know if we fail then yeah <laughs> we we don't really uh, yeah, have that and then then the, the the second thing is i mean for startups it's it's quite easy you know you you have an, an idea you create an mvp you know you you bring that out you do press releases and everything is fine yeah but over 
time, you know, you need to transition uh, and you need to have have reliable, robust products and, and almost all our solutions are, are considered mission critical by our customers. And, 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 and that is something different, you know, you have to be innovative on one side, but on the other, on the other side, you, you, you need to deliver things or products that are, that are reliable, that are robust, that, that, you know, people, you know, people really believe in and trust. And I think that is, that is a bit the, 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 the other challenge that we are facing. Yeah, I like that. It's a it's another another framing for the for the term good design. Um, a, a good design is one that is working all the time when it has to work, and that's what that's what you guys have to do. Yeah. There is no going right back to what I said at the start. The the bleeding edge technology yeah. um, that that's not the world you're living in. It needs to be solid and robust. So, Dieter, yeah, if you're at a conference, a younger version of yourself sits down next to yourself at a conference and says, what should I be worrying about at the moment? What should I be kind of, you know, thinking on the horizon? What what, what would you, what, what advice would you give to a young Dieter today? <laughs> I mean, there is always, I mean, on technology side, there's things to watch out for. That's, that, that, that's clear. I mean, I mean. Actually, it's a surprise. You know, we're speaking three quarters of an hour, and no one, no one said artificial intelligence so far. <laughs> but, but, but that's that's definitely something that you need to have an, an eye on. Not, not that I believe that uh, it's already mature enough, and it will take away all our jobs next week. You know, that's 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 not not absolutely not the fear I have, and and. But but it's more, it's technology that will change things and and probably when you, a bit when you I mean you are you you you're coming from the design side you know when you look at the design thinking process you know then you have this you know the the, the problem space and you have the solution space and it 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 you know I think on the solution side you know we might see we might see that artificial intelligence is delivering us new ways or, 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 or other solutions or more options. But I think on the, on the, on the problem space side, I, I don't think artificial intelligence is, is, uh, will be really good in, 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 in supporting us, us there. So that, that's definitely one thing. And then you know, when we've been <laughs> talking about, about, about buzzwords, I think, I mean, we all heard so much about 5G, you know, and and how it how it changes the world, but I really think that it is an important thing. Uh, you know, we we are everything is 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 becoming digital. You know, all the processes get automated, but in the industry, a lot of the companies rely on Wi-Fi networks. And that's actually a standard that wasn't really built for the industry. We're talking about a standard that's used at home. And 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 I think that looking into more reliable networks is 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 sort of a foundation that 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 needs to be available in order to deliver reliable processes and mission critically earlier, you know, doing something that's mission critically and then, you know, someone with, I don't know, a smartphone streaming a video can, can bring a plant down, you know, it's just, <laughs> so I think, I think that's, that, that's another area. And then I think the third thing, and that's probably the, 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 the real 
advice for my 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 younger ego uh you know i think systems need to be open in future in the past we've seen so many lockdown systems and and we still have clients who who basically say we don't want to do uh, or, or bring a new system in because the integration project will be so expensive. I think I think systems need to be open. They need to be talkative. There needs to be interfaces. They need to be able to be easily integrated into an into an ecosystem. When you when you design a system these days, design it in a way that that it's 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 open and it shares its data. That's, that's, that's good advice. I, I also like the point that you made about 5G. When 5G was announced, everybody designs faster trains and forgets that the tracks will still be only for the old style. And that's, I think, your point on network and functionality. We can, we can you know, make sure that the, the network stability and the quality is actually there for it. Um, so, um, Lindsay, um, mm -hmm. What are your kind of final thoughts on when you start another B2B project with a an interface that's completely alien to you, that's in a completely different world, that's down a mine, it's on an oil rig, it's in the, you know, inaccessible users. What are you going to take out of this project and bring to that one? I think I would do what we always do at GW and Co. And I think that is approach things um, to a way which is very collaborative and very open. And um, it's funny, uh, Dita, you're talking about open systems. Well, it, it's not quite the same thing, but I think we design in a, a very open way. We try and be transparent, we try and share, and we try and understand that um, a design has to be influenced by developers who are going to be using it, by the product owners who, who um, are in charge of selling it and developing it. And to understand that you need those points of reference and that input to actually do something that's truly um, usable and scalable and successful. Um, so when the next project comes around, it's about, for us, it's, it's about going into it, knowing that our role is just part of a big complete team to design these systems and that that we will always try and make our part of the project as open and flexible and collaborative as possible um, to help get a better result in the end. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Collaborative Conversations by GW and Co. Stay tuned for more enlightening discussions that will equip you to navigate impactful transformations in the business landscape.